and welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm Sarah Sprickfeiner, Senior Reporter for Glossy Pop and your host for today's episode featuring Renee Rouleau, celebrity esthetician and founder of her namesake brand, Renee Rouleau Skincare. Rouleau, in addition to working with celebrity clients like Lily Reinhardt and Demi Lovato, is known for her unique approach to categorizing skin. She does so by assigning it to nine types rather than the traditional three or four. She speaks more about that special system, her early entrance to e-commerce, and the challenges of direct-to-consumer on this week's episode of the podcast. Here's my conversation with Renee. Welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Thank you for being here. Yes, so excited to be here. I have known you and your products for, you know, my whole career, which spans over a decade. Yours is much longer. Um, But I have been in the beauty industry. And for as long as I have been in the beauty industry, people have talked about your brand, the triple berry peel, many, the detox mask. I mean, you have a lot of really products that are beloved by experts. Um, Let's go back to before those products even existed. For, For the few who don't know you, how did you get started? Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, so I got started. I mean, my first love of beauty was really growing up. um, I had a grandmother that had a hair salon. It was called the Powder Puff Beauty Shop. And so I learned from an early age, you know, all about beauty and how, you know, I watched my grandmother make people look good and feel good. People would come into her salon and they'd be having a bad day and not feeling great about themselves. And then voila, my grandmother with her funny humor and her beauty skills would transform them. And these women would walk out feeling amazing. And so I think that was really inspiring for me. And it was at her salon that started my love for being a beauty junkie. I love that. Where was, where was that? Wisconsin. Okay. Did you grow up there? Uh, We moved a lot. I moved every two to three years as a child, but yes, um, Wisconsin was one of the places. And then Minnesota, we lived there several times. And then Boston, we lived there twice. And then now I'm based, and then I lived in Dallas and now I'm based in Austin, Texas. And so at what point did you decide to become an esthetician? Yeah. So when I was in high school, um, you know, there's always that question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I, it was my mother who suggested I get into beauty because she always saw that I was into it. I was the first girl to wear makeup in the fifth grade and at sleepovers, I was always doing girls makeup. And in high school, I was mail ordering these skincare products from (laughs) LA. And I mean, I just was always into it. So yeah, my mom, you know, I knew college wasn't for me and was just trying to figure it out. And my mom suggested it. And so Uh, Right out of high school, I went to beauty school. So, um, and now I'm 54. So, this is all I've ever done. Uh, I worked at a salon age, you know, 19 to uh, 21, uh, working for someone else. And then, me and a coworker, at this point, I was living up in Boston, me and a coworker um, left and opened up a skincare salon outside of Boston that I had from 1991 to 1996. Uh, So I opened that when I was 21 years old. And uh, so I've been an entrepreneur for a long time and then uh, had that for five years, very successful, but I wanted a personal change in my life. And so I sold my half of the company and moved to Dallas and started Renee Rouleau Skincare in 1996 with a skincare spa. And uh, about eight years later, we ended up opening up a second location 
And then fast forward to today, yeah, our company headquarters are in Austin, Texas. We no longer have the spas and we're strictly a product company. And we've been in business for 27 years. And it wasn't that long ago that you stopped providing services. Correct. Correct. Yes. So I... Um, I had the skincare spas in Dallas. At this point, our corporate headquarters were in Austin. And um, so I wasn't living there anymore, but I was traveling up there and taking clients once a month for several days. And ultimately, the decision to wind down the spas was, uh, was simply because, you know, everything's about time and energy. And, and we have such a huge online business. We launched e-commerce in 1999. And we just knew that we could, you know, we could impact more people all around the world. And so we decided to, you know, not just put a lot of our energy just in the Dallas area because, you know, most people who came to us were 15 miles away or whatever. And we wanted to have a bigger reach. And so we took that energy and put it put it uh, into developing more products and pushing our D2C business. And come to find out, so we ran out the leases um, and the spas were very successful. It wasn't because of that. It was just really, where did we want to allocate our time? And so come to find out, um, our leases expired uh, about six weeks before COVID hit. And so it was like, we really dodged a bullet. So, oh, that was uh, kind of nice not to have had a services business uh, during that time, it was certainly challenging for all my fellow estheticians. Going back again a little, when did you first start developing products? So when I worked right out of high school, when I first worked at that salon, I started understanding skin. So when you are in school, they teach you about dry, normal, oily skin types. And so when I first started working and hands-on with clients, I was like, wait a minute, my client doesn't fall into dry, normal, and oily. It's like, uh, the skin's a little more complicated than that. And so that's when I started really understanding skin types. And it was there that I knew there was more than dry, normal, and oily. Um, and so I worked for about seven years before, you know, I opened up Renee Rillo Skincare. And when I launched Renee Rillo Skincare, I I launched it with the philosophy that I believe there's nine different types of skin. And so I started developing products based on those nine skin types. And fast forward 27 years later, people can take a skin type quiz and really understand their skin type. Because if you really want to drive results for your skin, you just can't do a one size fits all approach. And the more you understand your skin, then the better decisions you'll make when you're choosing the right products. I know. I think the nine skin types thing in a skincare world that in that past 27 years has only become probably, I, I would imagine from your side, even maybe more than mine, frighteningly more saturated. Like that remains one of the biggest differentiators of your brand. Yeah. And that's why we've done really well is because, you know, he, he, I've been an esthetician for over 35 years. And if I had to just take 35 years and narrow it down to one thing that customers want uh, or consumers want is Renee, just tell me what I need to use on my skin, mm. you know, and trusting an expert to do so. And so, you know, today there's so much information out there and consumers are left to kind of curate their own routine. Like that, you know, everybody's interested in ingredients and, and there are so many products to choose from. And, and so people are curating their own routine, but they're not always getting the best results. And so when yeah. people come, 
when, when people come to us, um, they're exhausted and they're just like, I'm just so confused about what I need to be doing. I've been trying this. I have this product from this line, this product from this line, and just help me make sense of all of this. And um, yeah, so, and they trust us because we're experts. Yeah. So you would say that people are still coming to the brand to maybe sort of from feeling a frustration with not feeling like they fit squarely into one of the traditional skin types. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, when, I mean, when you go to ReneeRillo.com and you read about the nine skin types, no one has spoken to them about that before, right? Mm-hmm. Like everybody's just focused on, yeah, one size fits all and kind of just everyone's just piecing together hero products. Oh, the best from this brand, but best from that brand. But they all have to work synergistically. And so, especially, when you have, when your skin is complicated, I mean, if you're somebody that's, you know, 30 years old and you're still getting breakouts, but you're also getting fine lines and you're concerned about aging, well, what skin type is that? You know, and most lines are like, oh, you have acne. Here's our acne products. And you're like, well, yeah, but I don't break out that much. You know, it's maybe only around my cycle or, you know, so there's so many different nuances and that's what really attracts people to our brand is that we understand those nuances. And you have almost entirely stayed direct to consumer. You know, that's a decision and it in many ways can make it harder for a business to grow. Tell me about why that has been the right decision for the brand and if that will continue to, you know, be what you do. So as I mentioned earlier, we launched e-commerce in 1999. So, um, you know, I had the place all to myself, right? There was no one up there. It was a part, it was a party of one and, and I own the space. And I started a blog. Well, I started writing skincare articles years later, it became a blog once that word kind of came into play, but I've been a content and commerce website since 1999. So, you know, now everyone's commerce and content, but for all those years, you were either just commerce or just content. And I did both. And So I was just this esthetician that just wanted to share my knowledge. And I was just, you know, typing on my computer, writing all these skincare articles, not even knowing at the time that it was a strategic SEO play, right? Or, you know, I mean, it was for SEO. And so, I mean, Google, God love them. Like they have rewarded us with so much organic traffic, but again, because nobody was writing skincare content and certainly uh, with the vast experience that I've had. And then, you know, we have customers from all over the world and it's just great to have that, that reach. And the decision to stay D to C has simply been because we have flexibility, freedom, like, you know, we, I own hundred percent of my company, you know, not being in retailers um, allows me to make my own decisions. Right. And I'm not having to make product decisions based on what the retailers are asking for or, you know, I kind of always say, like, I'll never sell my soul for the almighty dollar. And, uh, and I've gotten a lot of asks to be in retailers. And I have said no to a lot of incredible opportunities that people said, Renee, you're crazy, but I, I want to kind of control my destiny. And um, I'm just really strategic about uh, when I do say yes to anything. However, we do actually now are exploring some potential retail opportunities. So mainly because D2C has gotten to just be, you know, a crowded space, you know, I'm no, it's no longer a party of one that, you know, the room is real crowded now, as I'm sure, you know, and um, we understand that 
you know, certainly when I had the spas, that was such a great opportunity for customers to touch and feel and really experience our products, not just with reviews and social media videos. And I really miss that. I really miss that experience. And so we are exploring some options, but the main thing for me is it's going to be really intentional. Um, and I want to embrace how I got my start, which is being an esthetician. So it will uh, be something in the esthetician space. Okay, good. I'm even to know. I mean, another thing I wonder there, you have a really big line. How Do you know offhand how many SKUs you have? Yeah, of course, 55. And we have like five more coming out this year, actually, maybe even more than five. But yeah, so yeah, we have a lot of products. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Some people I ask that question and they do not know. Oh, right okay. So <laughs> kudos to you. I am very engaged in new product development. So these are all my babies. So yeah. 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 I mean, and if you were going into a traditional retail channel, that's like, I'm sure they would force you to pick and choose which went in. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and that's the thing. Not everyone is going to want all 55 products. And, but, you know, in the case of estheticians, um, they're using my nine skin types in their practices because it doesn't matter, you know, if it's my products or not, the concept of an expert giving you a really great skin consultation and putting you into one of the nine skin types so that they can then cure th curate the routine. So whether it's my products or someone else's, the nine skin types still stand strong. Are you like working with other estheticians so that they can follow your model essentially? So we just hosted um, in Austin, our corporate headquarters, we, we just hosted an event for estheticians and um, I'm teaching them when they do a skin consultation to use the nine skin types because that really resonates with the clients because again in school they only taught you about you know dry normal and oily or what we know is Fitzpatrick skin types but it doesn't really it's just not enough and so a lot of estheticians are really liking that I'm I'm teaching them how to use that so they can use that regardless whether or not anybody was ever selling my line that you know that that stands alone as a tool that they can use to to better connect with their client and it resonates with their client because nobody speaks to them about those those skin types. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with the rest of our episode. I don't, I can't claim to know about the, you know, potentially five or more innovations that you have coming this year, but I do know that there's a big um, category expansion into body. Um, I wrote a story uh, December, 2022 calling 2023 the year of body care. And it does not surprise me that that trend is continuing into this year. Why was, you know, this the time for that expansion? Let's chat about that product. Tell me, tell me more. Yeah. So we are launching a new, uh, we're going headed into body and it is called bedside body balm. So the first thing I'll say about this before I get into that is that I am super intentional about why I create a product. I'm never going to jump on a trend ever. And I do it because this is something that my clients have asked for. There's a need out there. 
Oh, and by the way, side note, I still am a practicing esthetician out in LA with celebrity clients. I did want to throw that in there. So yeah, so Bedside Body Balm um, is exciting. It's launching uh, late February. And the problem I was looking to solve, which is when I create any product, I always say, what problem am I trying to solve? And I basically noticed that with a lot of hand creams and balms, they were too heavy, too greasy, transferring to the pillow, getting, you know, greasy in their hair. And I wanted to create something that gave that occlusion, which is what this balm does, but one that dries down and it's not sticky. And because when people sleep, so it can be used on your hands, your heels, your elbows, you know, your cuticles, your knees, that sort of thing. You keep it by your nightstand, which is why it's called bedside body balm. But it's also, I had an experience many years ago where I was getting a lot of clogged pores on the side of my face. And I was like, where is this coming from? And I realized that a balm that I was using uh, on my hands when I slept at night, I sleep with my hands on my face a lot. And that was transferring to my skin and causing clogged pores. So I call it hand cream acne. So anyway, so yeah, so it's, um, uh, it's an exciting launch, because again, you know, headed headed into body. And but it's a product that will resonate with a lot of people, because nobody wants anything, you know, greasy and sticky, and, you know, getting all in their hair and all of that. So it disappears, melts into the skin, but really does the trick for dryness. No, I love that. And like you said, it's specific and sort of meets the need, like a, a space that you saw, not just another body lotion. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and you mentioned, and I definitely wanted to talk about this. You mentioned some of your celebrity clients. One thing I think about really all the time, um, as a you know beauty editor, beauty reporter, is you know I get to talk to so many celebrity hairstylists, estheticians, uh, celebrity nail artists. You know, when when you're starting out, you obviously don't have that clientele. How does one get to become known and and even to call themselves a celebrity esthetician like what has to happen in your career that you start having the a-list clientele that you have and how did that get started for you yeah so no it's it's been a long journey and that's a great question so my first client was jessica simpson and how that came how that came to be is i had my skincare spa in dallas and jessica's from dallas and at the, so she just came to us because we had such a great reputation in Dallas. We were like the go-to place. So she had heard of us and came in. Uh, fun story about Jessica. So at the time, um, she came in because she was auditioning for Dawson's Creek to be on the show. And she was a singer at the time. So she was already kind of, you know, somewhat, you know, somewhat well-known, not like today. But um, and so she came because she had to clear up her skin because she has, you know, always struggled with breakouts and has publicly spoken about that. And so um, one of my products was like, she absolutely swore by, it used to be called anti-cyst treatment. It's now called anti-bump solution. It's the first product that we ever came out with. And to, to this day, it's our number one bestseller. So we were really clearing up her skin and she didn't get the, you know, she obviously wasn't on Dawson's Creek. She didn't, she didn't, they didn't choose her, but um I won't say the the brand name, but there was a a, a name of a, a brand name of acne products that were really popular, and she was a spokesperson for. And it was le- it was legally <laughs> in her contract that she couldn't see me anymore, and so I had to. So that was kind of the end of uh, of of that. <laughs> 
Whoa. But okay, not to get us too off track, but if it's a product brand and they're not a service provider, what do they even care? Well, yeah, I think they just wanted to, I mean, I never saw the contract, but basically yeah, they yeah, just, yeah. they wanted her to use all their products and I was okay. helping her acne and, and that, but then the funny story is it ended up her, her skin apparently got worse and it wasn't working and she went on Accutane and it got leaked to the press somehow or, or somewhere, you know, all of a sudden it was like, oh, Jessica Simpson, Simpson is on Accutane, yet she's the spokesperson for, you know, a brand. So it was like a big drama back then when when that came out. <laughs> well, this is going to be my Google deep dive. The- <laughs> <laughs> so Jessica came to me. So then what happened was... Um, Demi Lovato also lived in Dallas and she was kind of up and coming. This was during her camp rock days. And uh, we simply reached out to her people and just said, Hey, would she be interested in getting a facial with Renee? And she said, yes. So, I mean, I got Demi and she's still my client to this day. I saw her a couple of weeks ago and um, you know, it's just the, you don't ask, you don't get, I, we simply asked, she said, yes. And we've had a 15 year relationship. So then what happened after that was I met Lisa Renna in the green room in Dallas because I was I used to be this uh, the skincare expert on this morning show. And Lisa was in town doing some PR and we met in the green room and then I gave Lisa a facial and Lisa was like, Renee, you need to come out to L.A. I can send you all my friends. And then at that and around that time or shortly after Demi started moving out to L.A. So I was like, OK, well, I'll go out to L.A. I'll see Demi and Lisa there. And then through word of mouth, they started sending me people. And then it was just, you know, it was all word of mouth at that point. So fast forward to today, I have, you know, all the Riverdale girls are my clients. And how that started was Lily Reinhardt just messaged me on Instagram and said, I heard you're the the girl to go for adult acne and I'm breaking out. And so, and then she sent Madeline Pesh, you know, Vanessa uh, Morgan and um, Camilla Mendez. So, um, so yeah, so it really wasn't hard. I mean, it's just word of mouth, but like any business, that's really what it is. I mean, we can spend all day long doing paid ads online, but I mean, there's nothing better than, than word of mouth. What? Like it's hard. Um, that, that like, um, (laughs) and okay. Okay. And, and have you done paid ads? I didn't for I didn't do any paid for anything ever for a long time. Um, all of our organic traffic that was all organic. We never did pay per click or any Google ads or any social ads. But then a couple years ago, we decided to try it because it was kind of crazy not to because everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, we're making money hand over foot with paid paid ads," and um, and so we did it, and they did incredibly well. Now, as I'm sure you're aware, when they made the iOS updates and all of that, the world changed. We were still hitting paid ads still pretty hard, um, but we pulled the plug about two weeks ago and we are making a strategic decision to get out of that game. And um, yeah, I just, you know, I, in a nutshell, when you go to Las Vegas, and you play the slot machine. The reason why granny can sit at the slot machine 10 hours all day is because it creates an addiction. And they, you know, they give you these intermittent wins and it keeps you engaged. So you don't win all the time, but you win enough to keep you playing the game. And I realized that 
that is kind of the digital world as well. It creates an addiction, but just like Vegas, the house always wins and meta always wins. And so I just decided, you know what, like this, no, we're not doing this anymore. So yeah. That's so interesting. And that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. The, to go back to the celebrity clients for a moment, you know, a lot of them have posted with you or, or they let you post with them. Has, has that helped um, create a lift for the product? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, Demi Lovato back in the day um, when there wasn't as, when it wasn't so crowded, like she, I mean, I have gotten so much business from, from every time she tweeted and posted and she's, you know, still does as well now, but the problem is it's just crowded now online. But back then, I mean, she would post and our web sales would just go crazy. So yeah, but anytime, you know, a celebrity mentions us, it's, and it, and I think the nice thing too is it's organic and people know that, right. It's a very like, you know, we're all trying to distinguish now what's real and what's not online. And I think that, you know, I don't pay them to talk about me. And I think people can feel that it's real. And, uh, and at the end of the day, we're all looking for authenticity. Yeah, I love that. There's I mean, before we have like, you know, just some fun skincare chat, um, you mentioned, you know, getting out of the meta game. Anything we should know or anything you can reveal at this point about sort of what the plan is for where to go from there? So the the retail opportunity is what we're exploring okay. right now. So that's, okay. that's kind of where we're putting our energy to, to see what that would look like. So yeah. back in probably like 12 years ago or so, um, I had a full page feature in the New York Times because I was one of the, I was the first person to do offer virtual skin consultations. We call it MySkinRx or MySkinPrescription.com is the domain. And we still do them now. And, um, you know, obviously with COVID, everybody started doing them, but we were the original people that started it. And we're going to be really um, hiring more estheticians to do that because we do very well with the virtual consultations. So back when we spoke about how consumers just say, hey, just tell me what I need to use. I'm so confused. Our virtual consults are, um, they, we do very well with those. And in fact, uh, for a limited time, I'm going to be starting to offer them myself. And I'm excited about that because as the founder of the company and the CEO, you know, I, I wear a lot of hats and I'm so involved on, in the business all the time. And I'm not going to, you know, it's only going to be, you know, a select amount of time, but I'm really excited to kind of get back to talking to people again. And, you know, cause when I had the spas all those years, I was a service provider. I gave, you know, facials and skin treatments and that's how I built myself and my company. And so even though it's not hands-on just, I love talking to our customers. And so people will be able to book with me. And uh, so that's going to be really fun. That is so fun. And I mean, I've talked to you about my skin type before, but I'm like, I want to do one. Um, (laughs) so, you know, like, okay, we're like a couple days into the new year, everyone was doing those in and out lists, um, which I found really annoying, but what are your (laughs) skincare in and out for 2024 to end on a, on a fun note? Yeah. So, um, in is what I'm calling the shower experience Mm. and 
we're coming out with a product uh, around based around this. But basically, what's really big right now is enhancing the shower. So you've got like, uh, people are doing all the filters for the shower, you know, body care is so big. And um, so I'm coming out with a few things that um, enhance a great shower and give you more of a spa experience in the shower. So I think uh, making uh, a better quality shower experience, I think is in, um, certainly, you know, teen skincare and tween skincare is in. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know cr <laughs> craziness. Um, I think, uh, you know, AI is really interesting and now how that all plays out, you know, we'll see, but I think, um, you know, we do virtual skin consultations, you know, as I said, and that's huge for us. And we have that skin type quiz, but wondering how we can incorporate AI into um, helping enhance the skin type quiz experience. So I think, you know, AI is certainly very big. Um, you know, barrier repair isn't going you know, away at all. So anything barrier repair, but it's a little funny. I wrote a blog post on this and it's like going, you know, basically something like we all kind of need to chill out about the barrier though. It's gotten a little out of control because the reality is, is our barriers are better than they've ever been. So it's just very trendy. Interesting. Well, and the reason why, I, okay. the reason why I say that is because think about what skincare used to be like. So first of all, we were all using, you know, bar soap, right? People don't use bar soaps anymore. They're too drying. We were um, using, um, you know, alcohol-based toners. Super stringent toner. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, did you know that there was a time that Clinique had acetone in one of their toners? Their their clarifying lotion number two used to have acetone in it. Wow. And back when, and early in my career, when I when clients would use this, I would demonstrate and show that it would take off my nail polish. And I was like, it's a little drying for your skin. <laughs> and so, yeah, so we had, we had that going on. You had oily skin people that would never use a moisturizer because they're like, it breaks me out. Um, and they did break them out. You know, they weren't suitable for oily skin back in the day. And, um, and then, you know, we know that, you know, prescription retinoids have been around forever and we didn't really know how to use them back then either. I had one client that she literally came to me because her skin was so dry. And when she smiled, um, her skin literally cracked and bled right here on her nasal labial fold and literally in front of my very own eyes. And cause I was around when, um, I was a, a practicing esthetician when Retin-A became, it was Retin-A at the time, but, um, when it became FDA approved for wrinkles. And so like everybody was running into me because their skin was so dry, cracked, chapped, all the things. Now we know how to use it. Right. So, so yeah. So today, our products are gentler, you know, and we know how to use retinoids better. So our skin's barrier is healthier than it's ever been. Um, so, you know, I mean, we still always want to keep a good barrier, but, you know, I, I definitely think our skin is in a much better place, but everyone's like, oh my gosh, I damaged my moisture barrier and will it ever be repaired? And I'm like, you're fine. Like the skin heals itself. We all need to just not get so worked up about this. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So that's what's in any, any major out? Out? Um, I would say, I think there's a lot of the multitasking is out. I think that, you know, every, everyone from a marketing standpoint, when they create a product, they put everything in the kitchen sink in there so that they can make all these different claims. And, 
at the end of the day, you're just diluting it, right? So I think as a product developer, you know, I see that we want to really drive a specific result. And so I think that skincare products are going to be more focused on very specific issues rather than trying to have a multitasking type benefit. Um, because at the end of the day, the more focused you are, the better results you're going to get for your skin. I mean, if you have acne, like you need something very focused for the type of acne that you have. Um, what else is out? Um, I think, yeah, I think social media is really changing. And I just read an article in the Wall Street Journal um, two weeks ago, and they, they predicted that within two years, 50% of people will be off of social media. So I really predict that everyone's getting exhausted on social media, including myself. That's why we are, you know, kind of, you know, pulling back in certain in certain ways. But I think the authenticity is not there. I think people aren't having a good experience online. I think people are exhausted. I think it's created an addiction. Um, and it's just not fun anymore. And so I think I think that's why people are going back into IRL experiences, and I think there'll be less dependency for brands um, being able to really win at D2C. Love that. Amazing. This has been so fun and interesting, and you have such an amazing business that you have grown over like nearly three decades now. 20, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, congratulations, and thank you for coming on the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Glossy Beauty Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help us out. And of course, visit glossy.co slash beauty for even more coverage of the beauty industry. Bye.